Turks lights out and away we go here for the Turkish Grand Prix race recap. Uh, sorry, it's been a, a couple weeks since our, our last episode, um, but we're finally back bringing you some great content uh, for you to listen to. Would you like yes. some? Would you like some good news, Spencer? I would love some good news, Chaz. Uh, this episode is sponsored. Oh, that is some good news. Hell yeah. yeah. Sponsored by our very own Anchor. Anchor is a podcasting app that we are used that we that uh, we here at Lights Out use to produce this top quality content because why would you listen to Formula One world champion Nico Rosberg on YouTube when you could listen to us? Yeah, definitely. We are infinitely better than Nico Rosberg. Totally unbiased. Yeah. Um, But uh, I'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. Um. Charlie, did you hear the good news that we are now sponsored by Anchor by for this episode? I did, I did. Fantastic news. Now we got to get some listeners. Yes, sir. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, now let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the the meat of the of the video of, of the podcast of the of the Turkish Grand Prix. Oh, I can't say words today. <laughs> Uh, okay. There it was an interesting one. Yeah, there there was a, like a little dull spot in the middle, but there were but there were some the, some moments of, but overall it was a good race, you know. Um, I guess the, the first talking point I'd like to touch on is, um, do you think, um, the FIA stewards were too harsh on Pierre Gasly and in, in that um five-second penalty for making contact with uh, Fernando Alonso? Not necessarily. I think when you're looking at the grand scheme of the race and where Gasly was, the five seconds didn't really affect him too much. And I do think he was a little out of line in the move he made or the coming together with Alonso. So I, I do understand it, but I don't think it really made a huge impact in the end. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, yeah, the contact, it was, like, borderline racing incident or intentional or whatever. But, yeah, I feel like five seconds, just it's not that big of a penalty, and it's pretty easy for drivers to overcome that. So, it wasn't – it was yeah. fair, I think. I don't know. Um, I mean, if you look at the finishing time, Gasly, Gasly uh, finished less than five seconds behind Hamilton in the end standings. So I mean, but I mean, it does it does make sense because I mean Fernando Alonso went from being like P five to P sixteen and couldn't recover, and you know that's it's a big that's the the big battle between uh, AlphaTauri and Alpine for that P five and constructors. So you know it definitely it really really could go. So I, I think I think I agree with it, even though um, Crofty was uh saying that it was harsh um but i mean it is it is tough i mean i guess 
I won't, I don't know if Gazoo is necessarily. I don't think he was sandwiched. I mean, I mean, he was he was a little tight on room, but I don't know if it was necessarily a complete sandwich situation. Um, I think another point that we should talk about is um, Checo's battle with Lewis towards the middle of the race because that was some brilliant brilliant defending. That for me was like probably the most exciting part of the race. Just like watching them go back and forth was very exciting. Yeah, yeah, and that just highlights you know Checo's strengths as a as a racing driver. Like his qualifying not might not be you know top top class, but when he gets on the track, like you saw it, you've seen the last couple of weeks in some of the amount of overtakes he's been doing. And you saw that, like, that string of corners to hold off Lewis <clears throat> in a superior car or debatably superior car was just, it took so much skill. And, yeah, and you know, Jensen Button, Jensen Button was talking about it because he knew it was going to happen at one point or another. So he was, like, salivating over it. And then it, actually, and then it finally came. And it was just quality racing. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very fun to watch. Yeah, no, Checo knows how to how to do the the wheel to wheel stuff. He's he's very good on that, and, and he judged it very well on like knowing when to let Lewis pass because he he knew that he would be better set up for the next turn and was able to get that back. and And also, I think you also have to give a shout out to Yuki Sonoda for that. Um, for the, I think it was like seven laps of of defense on uh, on Lewis. Lewis, yeah, it was a decent fight. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it's yeah. nice to see that um, that Yuki is isn't afraid to to um, get his elbows out with the big boys. Yeah. yeah, I also think another the main talking point I think we should talk about is kind of the weather and the decision-making process that Lewis and his team had to go through. Like, what do you guys think in hindsight? As I was watching it as a Max fan, I was like, yes, go in, go in. Because I knew he wasn't going to be able to catch Max at that point, which is why Lewis always wanted to stay out. But he was running the risk of falling back even further because he saw with um, Charles Leclerc, his tires that he hadn't changed when he he thought he was going to try to extend the whole race on his original inters. It went really badly, so I think Mercedes saw that. We're like, no, it should be. We should damage limitation here, because he could have ended up finishing well below um, P five if he had stayed on those inters. But like, what right. do you guys think? What would you have done? Um, I mean, obviously in hindsight, they should have left him out. But I think in the heat of the moment, they made the good call. I mean, I feel like because as I recall from the race, as it happened a week ago, um, Esteban Ocon, who did go the whole race without switching tires, he wasn't really like. He was kind of like doing his own thing, kind of like in the middle, not really, not really having to defend too hard, not really having to attack too hard. But Lewis was like, he would have to push on those inserts for far longer. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just too big of a risk to have one set of tires go those full laps. And you saw Ocon's tires at the end; they were basically slicks at that point. So if Lewis was pushing on on inserts, I don't think he would have made it. So I think it was a good decision. Yeah, no, I mean, because they, they could see, like, basically um, when uh, Charles Leclerc, like, when he was out in front and he had those two big, big uh, lockups, like, val- like the amount of uh, time that he lost to Valtteri was just so hard and, and he had no way to defend. So, I think 
it was, I I think I really think Lewis should should have should have listened to Mercedes and I think he would have had a little better better chance. But I mean obviously it's hindsight, you know. No, actually actually I take everything back. I think Lewis should he should have gone on softs. Should have should want to saw. No, it, well, you saw what happened to Seb with the. Meme, yeah, no, right? no, I, I, I was, I was joking about. Oh. That. Yeah. No, no, I, saw, I was, I was. I can't yeah, tell yeah. sometimes, John. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. yeah That's no, another thing. It was, it was kind of funny to see how bad Seb was doing. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. just sliding everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even back into going back into the pits, he, he slid again. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it was kind of, it was kind of. We were just like, because the weather like was kind of in this like no man's land where it wasn't like raining like hard enough to like make make it like obvious that you need to go back to inters because um they were talking about of how like the inters are they're gonna be useless if they get like too warm, but like the track wasn't drying drying up enough that it was ready for slick, so it was kind of in. That that weird balance, or like it weird in between of yeah. This is one of those races where tire selection was just so key, because if let's say you know a team wants to pit because the weather is changing, they think weather is going to change, but it doesn't change, and then all of a sudden you're on the wrong tires and you've already cost more time of pitting, and the other team just never came in, like then you're screwed. Right. So. Because it was so inconsistent and so unpredictable, that caused massive issues and headaches, definitely on the pit wall. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, one we haven't talked about the race winner yet. I mean, Valtteri Bottas, last season, it's going to be his last season at Mercedes, we know that, but he's been putting in some good performances lately, and I feel like it's it's... I think it's unambitious. It would be unambitious for Mercedes to keep him on next year just because I feel like the opportunity is there for George Russell to improve on Bottas. Um, but it is kind of funny to see how well he's been doing since, you know, he's announced his contract with Alfa Romeo because I just don't know how that's going to go. Because you look right. at someone like Giovinazzi, you look at the guys they have now, Giovinazzi and Kimi. Obviously, Kimi's at the – you know, at the end of his career, but he really hasn't been able to do anything in that car. So it's going to be interesting to see if Valtteri can really, you know, contend for points week in, week out. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think about that next year? Yeah. Valtteri's it's, chances. It's um, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think I saw on Instagram today that um, Toto Wolf said uh, that uh, Sauber was getting bought out. So I think that's like really gonna. I think that might like ruin Valtteri's chances of of being able to, or, or at least it puts it puts his it. chances in the air to be able to score points. Mm. Um, and and we still don't know if um who who's gonna be racing with uh next year because there hasn't been an announcement of Giovinazzi getting re-signed or or if they're bringing someone else up. Right. Right. No. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, but even with these performances, I don't know. It's just going to be – I don't see how next year Valtteri can really cannot, can like put a consistent challenge up and try yeah. to get points. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He definitely did have a very good race. I mean, it was an absolute master class from him. He led basically yeah. 
whole start to finish and kept everything under control. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he, was, he was putting in see. consistent lap times too. Right. It is interesting to see. It's almost like I don't really know how to describe it. It's almost like it's kind of like hard. It's like as like with him knowing that he's not going to be at Mercedes anymore. It's almost as like that's flipped a switch in him. Yeah. He's like a better driver almost because he was not getting these results earlier in the season. So Yeah. I've seen so many memes of like ever since uh, Valtteri's like announced his um, switch to Alpha next year that um, he scored like uh, he scored 53 points since then. And I think Max is at 36, Lewis is at 35, and like uh, ma- mainly because uh, they uh, both didn't finish at um, Monza because of their crash. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's just kind of yeah, funny, a funny statistic. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, definitely is. Going off Lewis and Max, I mean, what is it? A four-point gap, six-point gap. It's, yeah, it's, it's like right around five points. Yeah, six. Yeah, so, I mean, it's gone back and forth. If you guys have to make a prediction with the last, you know, seven races, is that what it is, seven? Uh, um, I think six. Yeah, I six. think it's six races. Six? Yes. I mean, what do you guys think is going to happen? I know it's not – it's literally um, 50-50, but I – think, I think Max is going to win. I mean, Red Bull's historically stronger in the second half of the season and they've got a lot of like they won in the last race last year and they've always performed very solidly in brazil i believe they performed pretty good at austin in austin yeah in mexico too yeah home race max is always good there so i I just think the tracks favor sorry yeah specifically at mexico i know um the track is very high elevation and the and Red Bull has tons of downforce, and I know that really the Red Bulls really do really well at Mexico. Uh, but yeah, no, I have to. Yeah, I agree with Spencer though that I think Max definitely has the the advantage of of being able to take it home. Yeah, I think so. Just because I feel like he had. I don't want to say the pressures on Lewis, but as like the champion there is that kind of added pressure of retaining it and he's done it for so long. And I just feel like it's Max's time because he's been so good this season. If Red Bull can just stay steady and been no, no stupid gambles or, you know, we don't want, you don't want another Monza or Silverstone happening. I think just stay in the races, you know, get consistent podiums. And I think they'll, they'll pull it off. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, I'd like to add because we haven't mentioned him yet. Um, and it seems like in his entire career, he's been a little forgotten about. But Carlos Sainz putting on an yeah. overtaking masterclass um, from his uh, engine penalty, just basically for like the first like eight laps or so, it, it seems like he was overtaking one one person every lap. Um, yeah, I do have to agree. Yeah, I do have to agree with what Arav said um, a couple yeah. episodes ago. He was, and that Carlos Sainz is probably the most underrated driver on the grid. Like, he had a, like you said, Jess, he had a very, very good race and he won Driver of the Day, but nobody's really like talking about that performance. And every, yeah. it seems like week in, week out, he puts in a very like solid and consistent 
Yeah, I think I think this was the ninth consecutive race that he scored points in. I think. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I think uh, I think with the, the position that Charles is in, in terms of like his, I don't know, social figure and like the the person that Ferrari's making him out to be, there's a lot of pressure on him. And if you're Carlos Sainz and moving to Ferrari as a new team, it's kind of easier for you to be in that position because um, you know that you're not expected to be the number one Ferrari driver. But he's showing that he has the capability to perform like one. Like, he's performing so well. Um, I'm interested who's – yeah, so Sainz is a half a point ahead of Charles um, in the driver standings, which just goes to show how good of a season he's having. Yeah. Like – as a team, Ferrari, like, both of their drivers are, like, you can't really pick a clear favorite as to who's the number one because they're just so evenly matched. And as it shows in the standings, that half a point apart is basically nothing at this point in the season. So Yeah. Do you want to make some predictions for this weekend? Ooh, interesting. Um, I'd say... Max P1, probably. Probably Lewis P2. And then I'll go Valtteri P3. I feel like he's been he's been having a good cup stint these yeah, past Yeah, I mean, Lewis, Lewis has won at the U.S. Grand Prix. One, two, three, four, five. He's won it six times. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely likes this track. But – and so does Mercedes. Um, you know, they've won – Six times, obviously. But yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. I think I wouldn't be surprised if there were some fireworks between Max and Lewis again. We'll see how that pans out, but you never know. But Yeah. And what makes the race especially exciting is that as we're all in America, we don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn. No, we can watch oh, yeah. it at 3 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, I know it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Finally, a couple of races. Where a we couple went. of races like are like that because then there's we have Brazil and Mexico, Mexico too. Yeah, Mexico will be in the afternoon. Brazil will be in the afternoon. Yeah, Saudi Arabia will be. I I've got to be in Qatar in the morning, but that's what it is. Right. No. Oh, also, um, I just want to point out, uh, for the schedule next year, it's gonna be so crazy because you know how like F one is just like trying to be like so green and like like at the beginning of every race they like talk about like um how many trees were planted or like how many fans use public transportation getting to the um getting to the venues and then but you see the schedule of like they're starting normally but then they go to like miami and then they go back to europe and then eventually back across the Atlantic again it's yeah it's, it's quite, all it's, it's all over it's yeah. all over the the globe and yeah it's um yeah a lot they, of logistics to work out and it's a lot of yeah. air travel so yeah it'll be interesting yeah. to hear how they respond to like because I know there have been there's a lot of fan criticism of the schedule on social media so yes yeah and, and also I I think I think it was um I think it was uh, Seb, I think, said something about uh, – because next year they're doing the – or they're going to try to stick to the the 23 race schedule again. I know it didn't didn't work out 
this year as we only have 22. Um, but I think Seb is saying that like having more races is like, it's like putting like you, I think he liked um, when there was less races because it put more importance on each race. I think like he's saying that it, it feels that like that there's less importance now that there's so many races. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying, but um, it, you do have to take in the driver's point of view, but also F1 is trying to grow the sport. And yeah. To grow that, you want more fan interaction. And how do you do that? Oh, you put as many races as possible in a season. So yeah. there's uh, many opportunities for fans to like come and try to interact with the sport in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys got anything else? I think that's it. This yeah. Good episode. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We're back next week, hopefully, with a exciting U.S. Grand Prix recap. Yes. Yep. yep. Hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes and Anchor, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thank Peace. you, everybody. Peace. Bye. See ya. Peace.